Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we've got a fantastic episode for you today. Uh, This one is going to give you a little bit of a different perspective on how to go out and develop new business, and, and I'm really excited about it. Today, my guest is Bob Howard. He is the president and founder of Contact Science. And, uh, and, and Contact Science is a really focused company. They've built a, a cool little piece of technology, some, some software that really focuses on creating efficiency around uh, prospecting for new business. And, and uh, Bob's going to talk a little bit about that today and, and some of the reasons why you, you might want to look at putting some outbound prospecting into your business development process. So, Bob Howard, welcome to The Unstoppable CEO. Well, thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So um, you and I have talked a few times. I've learned a tremendous amount from from the the few times that that you've educated me on some of these things. So I thought we'd bring that out to the whole audience. And um, before we dive into to all the content, I would love for you to give everybody a little bit of context around your background and, and what got you to this stage of your career. Sure. I was in corporate America for couple of decades in sales and marketing and towards the end focused on product development issues, going in, look at a process and see how to automate it. Uh, so when the company I was working for uh, had their monetary event and uh, we had an opportunity to go do other things, I decided I'd start my own company and take a real close look at the process around setting appointments. And so about 16 years ago, we began, and now that's what we do exclusively is help people focus on what process can do to help them set more appointments in order to build their business. Now, did you start by building contact science as a tool, or did you start uh, delivering that, that expertise in other ways? We started building it as a tool. Uh, the early product that we built was actually going to be a bolt-on type of product into a CRM and we installed it in five companies and it failed in all five. And when we did the postmortems, what we discovered is it's not the cleverness of the tool or, or the interaction that you can provide for a rep and someone they talk to. It's actually very difficult to generate a conversation with traditional tools. It's actually painful. So we started to address, can we make it less painful And then it fit right into my background of, you know what, this is just a business process. What we're doing is automating a business process. And uh, that kind of got us started on our trajectory. Well, so I want to get into that process because I know you've got some some really key insights into that. But I want to back up a little bit and kind of look at, at the higher level. So listening to us right now are going to be people who um, who maybe are doing outbound prospecting or have done outbound prospecting. You know, either they've had somebody do appointment setting for them or they've, you know, been the ones who have been, you know, dialing for dollars, as we used to say. And there are going to be people who have never done that and have taken kind of an inbound marketing approach. And I, I'm always a big believer that I, I try not to get religious about these things. You know, some people get really religious about Oh, all of our leads come from inbound, or they all come from referral, or they all come from here. I'll take a client any profitable way I can get it. And so I, I would love for you to set the stage for us a little bit on where you see the, the real importance and value of, a, of an outbound prospecting appointment setting program. 
you, you mentioned the two options. You have an inbound programs. Uh, they're, you know, email, direct mail, Google search, SEO, uh, everything you can do so that people will reach out to you. And that's the whole idea behind inbound. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of companies cannot build their revenue stream as fast as they'd like with inbound only. So then they're forced to say, well, maybe I need to add some outbound and have the inbound strategy support the outbound strategy. So the, the idea is that sometimes it's, it's the only way left, <laughs> if you would, for people to grow their business. And because it has this history and this baggage of being difficult to do, a lot of people shy away from appointment setting as a, as a solution. Uh, so that's kind of what, that's where we kind of see out fitting in is sometimes almost the last resort to build their business. When in fact, it's uh, as a business process, it's much more controllable. It's much more straightforward, much more manageable than most people would, would think it is. And especially those that may have tried it doing it, let's say with CRMs, a uh, very inefficient way to do it. They get the wrong impression of what is possible in an appointment setting process. Maybe a good place then to, to go next is if you could paint that picture for. So what is possible? You, you've worked with a lot of different companies. When they put this sort of process in place, what impact does that tend to have? A surprising impact for most companies. They, uh, the, I think the biggest reaction I get uh, when we install a program for a company is when we do the first report review. And we sit down and actually look at some very accurate metrics to show how their process is going. And this is the most common aha moment that my customers have because they go, wow, I, I just didn't realize it's not very complicated. It's very straightforward. And I think they realized the challenges they had in the past where they didn't have accurate metrics so that they knew how well they were really doing. So that's the first aha moment. The other one is typically it's a lot easier for their reps to do than they thought it would be. The reps actually embrace it, it improves their day, it makes it easy to do. So the reps look at this as something that is valuable to them, where in the past they looked at prospecting as something that was kind of drudgery and painful and you know you just kind of had to do it. Now they see that it actually can be a business process that can make them some money. And anything that'll make a sales rep money that's easy to do, they're inclined to do that. So, but that's what we, that's what we see. It's a realization that it actually is different than what they thought they were getting into. So when, when the reps begin to see it as, as easier to do, is that, is that because of the process that you guys bring in or um, was it just that it, the tools they had before were, were so cumbersome uh, you know, that they didn't want to do it. I mean, I think one of the perceptions is that, you know, when you're doing this kind of, of work, part of the challenge is that you're just faced with, you know, a lot of repeated rejection, you know, and I think that, you know, you get call reluctance and things like that when, when that happens occasionally. Do you see that as being the real barrier or is it just that it, the, the way that people have done it in the past has just been so cumbersome that it, it makes it impossible to kind of stick with? I think it's two things, and you just mentioned one of them. In the past, it's been very cumbersome to do, but also uh, a lot of uh, uh, managers will hire someone and expecting them to set appointments and just kind of hope they know how to do it, and we call that being <laughs> hooked on hopium, and so they just hope they know how to do it. So they don't give them really specific guidelines. They don't really enable them with really good tools. They just figure, you've been in sales. You should know how to do this. So what salespeople uh, that start to adopt the process approach that we help them with, what they start to realize is that there is one 
uh, best practice, one best way for me to use all of my dials during a week in the pursuit of a group of targets. And my management has helped me build that. They've thought through it. They've designed it. They got the right number of steps. They got the right voicemails. Augmented with direct mail. But they figured this thing out, and 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 they and salespeople buy into it. All right. So now I've got a great plan. I understand it. it's well thought out. Management supports it, and now you make it easy for me to do it. And so those two things together, having a very specific way to do it, and then make it easy to do that, then salespeople find that they actually now are doing better. You know, a lot of times call reluctance, I'm not reluctant to hear no. I'm just reluctant to just grind through the CRM to do the work. It's just painful, physically painful. It's not mentally painful. So that's really the challenge. I think that salespeople appreciate uh, being addressed, and that is the physicality of prospecting has always been their challenge. They never looked at it that way, but that's really been their challenge. They don't mind hearing no. You know, we're salespeople. We hear no all the time. Rejection is not uh, anything that we're afraid of, but we do not like if it's physically difficult to do it. And so that's what we yeah, primarily help them do. I can understand that. Most of the the salespeople that I know are uh, sort of allergic to having to do a lot of paperwork and, you know, update the CRM and do all that. And, and part of that is it's just not easy to do in most of them. Um, you know, I get asked all the time, what, what's my favorite CRM? You know, client will ask or, you know, somebody will email me. And believe it or not, I, I actually can speak fairly authoritatively on that subject because I think I've tried them all. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and most of them are very user-friendly, particularly if you're trying to do any kind of, uh, of outreach. And, um, you know, and I, I, I do think there's tremendous friction there. Uh, I was just looking over on, on my bookcase Here's you were you were describing that to a, a book that uh, a good friend of mine gave me uh, by a guy named Nick Murray. It's called The Game of Numbers, which was written for uh, financial advisors. But uh, it's it's really all around the idea of prospecting. And you know the point that he makes in the book is that uh, I, is, I think right in line with what you're talking about that the 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 key to success in this is having a process and then. Um, and then just applying that process repeatedly. And if you do that, you know, you really can't lose. Exactly. I mean, it is, it's probably the purest numbers game in the sales numbers game. Yeah. You know, make a certain amount of dials, you generate a certain number of conversations, you have skills to convert a certain number of conversations into appointments. And those are the metrics that you focus on every week when you review your past week's performance. And you look for ways then to improve those and to increase those three numbers. Not very complicated, but it's difficult to really manage anything without accurate metrics. And, and you know, other than it being difficult to do, sometimes management doesn't have metrics that they have confidence in. And if there's a problem, they're not hitting their core metric, like a number of an appointment uh, each week to number of dials. A lot of times they don't know, is it the person that's really doing the work or is it the way they're doing the work? That old process versus people. A challenge. And um, so we see that in most cases, success in prospecting is actually a manager's game. They have to watch those numbers, you know, and uh, make sure that the, they're being efficiently uh, generated, if you would. Well, and I, I think, you know, just thinking about business process in general, 
trying to identify the right metrics, the ones that really make the impact, and then figuring out a way to track them accurately that's not onerous. I, to me, that that's the reason why you don't see more business process inside business, because getting your arms around those two things is really difficult. And, um, and so I, I'd love to hear from your perspective, because you've been doing this for a long time. What You mentioned three numbers. Are there other metrics that you look at that would help someone diagnose how they're doing in this process? And and I guess the second part of that then is once you understand what those metrics are, how do you make it easy to keep track of those? So um, I can do that. So there's actually two metrics that you look at. There's only two. And you look at two flavors of them. So the first metric that you look at is a ratio of the number of conversations generated to the number of people pursued. Now, notice I didn't say the word dials. We don't really care how many times you dial the phone in prospecting. What we care about is the number of people that you actually pursue and how many of those were you able to generate a conversation with. And that's called the conversation ratio, generally a measure of how good your process is. The other metric then is also a ratio. It's the ratio of appointments that you were able to convert out of all of those conversations. So if you think about you have a certain number of pursuits and conversations and appointments, you have two ratios, one measuring efficiency, how many conversations, the other measuring effectiveness, how many appointments, then you have the two metrics that you need to begin the rest of the analysis. But without these two, you really don't know exactly what's going on. That's the ones that are difficult to get accurately in a lot of cases because people do focus on dialing the phone, which is irrelevant. It's actually the number of people pursued. But anyway, that's, 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 those are the two core metrics. Now, the, the variation or the version that you would also like to be able to calculate is to take out of those metrics, when you do the math, all of the companies that were removed. So think about you're making calls, you call up a company, they're out of business. You call a company, they're too small. You call a company, they're not qualified for one reason or another. Those bad names, if you would, have a negative impact on the performance numbers, both of those performance numbers for a caller. So what a caller will do is can be, they can be misjudged in terms of how good they really are if you don't take out all the bad names that they pursue. You really wanna really evaluate callers based on when they're calling into companies that you know, are reasonable companies that you would like to have an appointment with. So anyways, two basic metrics that gives you your process numbers of efficiency and effectiveness, and then Calculate them twice, and that second calculation will be a much more accurate reflection on how well your caller is doing. So you calculate the overall number, including sort of the companies that get disqualified, and then you calculate that second number. Is that, if, if I'm understanding that's you correct. right, I think that's what you're saying. Okay. That's correct. And, and the first number tells you that your process is working, and the second number tells you how effective your people are executing the process. Did I, did I get that as well? Yes, the, the, the first calculation is your process. Remember this, you build the process out, you enable it for someone to make calls. So it's your process. This particular caller is using it, and so this is how well they do. But if you want to know how well they would do if the process was perfect, including a perfect list, then you got to take out the bad names. Then do the math, and that'll show you how good your caller really is. They will also show you how good your list is <laughs> because, you know, if you're, if you're removing 10 or 15% of your names, uh, that's not too bad. You remove 25, 30% of your names, you've you got a problem with your list. 
yeah. you're wasting a lot of resource chasing people that are not qualified. But that's the biggest challenge in the metrics is to really understand your particular process and then how well your caller is operating your process, the impact of the list on their performance. You know, for somebody who's listening to this and thinking, well, I don't have any list. Where, where would I begin to build a list? When you're working with companies to, to build this capability within, you know, within their, their business, is there, are there some better ways to build that list out than others? You know, the, the, it, most companies decide that they're ready now to dig in and really do an outbound program. And let's say they're having someone doing a couple hundred dials a week. They're probably going to need two or 3,000 names. If they don't have two or 3,000 names, then the challenge is where to go buy them. The real issue here is there's very few places where you can buy a name, very few vendors that sell lists that will give you the demographic information to let you know this company is qualified. You know, for instance, if you're in a technology business and you need to know how many PCs a company has, you can't find a database out there that says that. And even the companies that can use number of employees will often find that when people provide information to these list services, and the list service will tell you this also, the number one thing they lie about is how many people in their company. So the biggest challenge you have is the first pass, if you would, through the database where you're calling through and you're qualifying it using the phone. So a lot of my customers, you know, with that in mind, they'll go down to the library and in a lot of cities they have reference USA and they have a free database and you can go in there and they have some pretty good demographics. You know, you can weed out government and you can weed out education and maybe focus on manufacturing, those types of gross, if you would, demographics and get a list to start with and then put your caller on the phone and see how good that list really is. Some people are very surprised. It's not a bad list at all. Uh, they are calling and maybe getting email addresses and asking qualifying questions, but it doesn't have to be expensive to get a list to start an outbound program. So I, I know you guys have got a, kind of a recommended process that, you know, that, that when somebody comes and wants to, to plug into contact science or tool, you've got some recommendations about how to actually you know, execute on the, on the outbound program. What are some of the things that people should be thinking about? And what is, you know, what are maybe some of the steps of that process that, um, that you guys have found to work over the years? Over the years, what we have seen is what we call the frameworks of prospecting programs, a framework being how many times to call and how frequently to make those calls. Because you're calling, uh, your pool of dials, if you would, is, is a very fixed resource, actually. So we have lots of frameworks that we've seen that are built based on whether your product is a commodity or whether your product is very highly specialized, and we can help people figure that out. Uh, the second part, though, is messaging, and we consult with people, although a lot of our customers have sales trainers that help them with this, on what is the best way to leave a voicemail? What do you really say in a voicemail that would pique someone's interest, that would make them inclined to call you back or take your next call? Or just remember you next time they may have a problem in the area that, that your, your product would address. So these voicemails and email pairings, always follow up with an email, become a way then to build your brand. It's all about gaining mind share. And voicemails and emails actually do that. Paired with a, an appropriate framework, number of times to call, frequently to call, then you can actually amplify the value of those voicemails and emails simply because you're doing it in a very disciplined way. 
So we suggest that when we work with our clients to be very, very honest about, do they believe they're a commodity? Do they believe they're very specialized? Uh, are they in a trust business or are they a relationship business over time? Are they in a transaction only? You know, let's characterize what their business really is and build then a process that uh, is right for them. And then as with any process, as they use it, they tweak it and they make it better. Well, so in, in that, you mentioned voicemail, you mentioned email. So it's it's not just picking up and and dialing by itself. I mean, you, you have kind of a holistic approach to this. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about uh, about the tool that you built, about contact science. Some of the, the really neat things that you've created in there to build that efficiency into it, because it really is pretty uh, pretty astonishing to watch, you know, as you go through and work a list, how easy it is, how fast it is for the caller, you know, for the rep to go and and uh, and really work through that list in, a, in an efficient way. So. Um, what, what's the best way to, to sort of describe that? I mean, I've watched you demo it. I've seen it. It's, it's neat, but um, maybe you can kind of take us through what that process looks like and some of the, the features that you guys have innovated in this that, um, you know, that really help bolster that, that business process. So the original design of the product was what we called a one-man call center. And the idea was that someone that is working out of their home, uh, their straight commission, uh, if they don't prospect, they don't eat. It had to be easy enough for that one person to, to do all the things they need to do to be efficient on the phone. So where we started was, was if you look at a traditional CRM and you went through and looked at all the mouse clicks and all the screens you had to look at, how can you narrow that down to fewer screens and fewer clicks? And that's when the process concept came in so that when you look at our software, we have thought through everything we can think through in advance so you don't have to. We tell you what step you're in. We show you the voicemail you, you're going to want to leave. We'll, we'll show you the email that you're going to want to send. If you want to send the, e, uh, the voicemail electronically, we have a recording built in. So the idea is it's just a very few clicks to interact with the software. And the software tells you exactly where you are and what you need to do so that all of your mental energy that you have when you sit down and make calls is focused now on talking to people. So everything that we can anticipate that you would do, we will do that for you as part of the process. So, you know, at, at the beginning of this, you know, your customer who's using the system and, and they've worked with you on it, because I know you take people kind of by the hand through this to help them set it up. You've built out all of the steps, you know, so if they're following up every four weeks and uh, or every week for four weeks and then, you know, recycling those people in three months or six months or whatever. Uh, you've already built all of that into the system. All of the, the calling scripts uh, are built into the system. All of the, if I'm understanding you correctly, all of the voicemails that are going to be left, which have, have been scripted are pre-recorded and can can be just dropped so that they're they're automatically played if the person doesn't answer and the caller can move on and then all of the follow-up emails have been pre-written and and that's what allows it, it you know the caller to sort of operate from you know almost like this uh this cockpit is that that's the way i would describe it anyway having seen it it's like this cockpit of here's a I, you know I'm, I'm trying to land the plane and i don't have to think about everything i only have to think about the thing that's right in front of me so did I just describe you think that about the most important thing? Right. Yeah, exactly. Very accurate. Better than I did, actually. So, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that's the idea. There's no thinking and remembering. And that's what salespeople like because they don't have to remember what they did last, what they need to do now, what they need to do next uh, in, in the short run or in the long run. The system just takes care of it for them and it's easy to learn. And that's the reason why about 10 years or so ago, we just stopped charging people to train them because it was almost embarrassing to charge someone to learn our software when it's just so easy to learn. Yours, you can be as efficient as you're ever going to be in, within two weeks. <laughs> you just, you get it. It's just not that hard. So we train everybody on our software for free because of that. And I guess that's a good byproduct. If you want to make it simple enough to where anybody can learn it, then maybe that was mission accomplished and we didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, um, uh, <laughs> You know, and, and I think for everybody listening, I mean, if you haven't done this kind of thing before, what it, what it gets you in, in um, it gives you this capability where you've got all of this stuff sort of pre-thought out. And, uh, and, and that then allows you to delegate it to somebody who, um, you know, has got the skill to be able to go do it. But, you know, you as the, the entrepreneur, as the business owner, you know, you're not necessarily the one that's making all these calls. You've got reps that are doing it or a rep or an appointment setter. Um, but now that you've got a way where, you know, you've laid out what the process is and they're just following it. And, um, and I think that, that now is transformational for people because I've watched companies try and do this and they give the, you know, they give the rep a telephone and they give the rep the list and maybe they give them a script but they might just say, go at it, you know, and that never ends well for anybody. It never does. You know, the, uh, along that same theme, Steve, when you view this as a business process, uh, your company owns it, your management has built it, and it's designed to, you know, set appointments, but it's also designed to uh, improve the quality of your database. Every dial that's made has the potential to qualify people in or out or gather significant information. So you build a process and then you can decide who should make the calls and the, who should make the calls is not even a consideration as you build out your process because you really don't care who's going to be making the calls. Whoever makes them needs to be doing it in the best possible way. And the other the larger manager benefit uh, management or company benefit is that because it's a process that everyone uses is when you lose someone or you promote them and you put someone in their seat to take over, they pick up right where the other person left off. And if someone had talked to someone and said, hey, call me in October and you got a new guy there in October, well, guess what? He gets that note and here's what happened. I can make that follow-up call as well as the guy that set it up originally. So once you have this little process machine in place, then what you do is just find the very best people you can to sit in front of it and make calls on it to improve your database. But that database is yours over time even though callers will tend to come and go. Well, and you're really building an asset. I mean, that's the, the way I look at, at any business process and particularly one that, that produces revenue. You're building an asset in the business. You instantly make the business more valuable because you have something that is repeatable and predictable. It's hard to, it, it really is hard to understate the importance of that as you're building out your business. You know, if you've got something like that, I mean, even for, for small professional service firms, when you've got an asset like that, where now all of the business development isn't solely, 
you know, resting on your shoulders to go out and, and, uh, you know, press the flesh at a networking event. It's not all built solely upon, you know, your presence in the community. You've got something that now increases the value of your firm to, you know, the next person that comes along because they can either bring along the person that you've had doing it or plug somebody else into it and, and operate the system. And away you go. The secondary value uh, or the secondary asset, kind of hard to say, which is the most important, the process or the results of the process. The results of the process then actually addresses that question about where do I get a good list? You actually create the best list possible for your own business by simply investing in someone making calls into whatever list you can find to start with. And over time, then everybody that's in that database of yours would be a terrific potential uh, appointment for you. And uh, it's, it's not cheap to get there. You can't typically buy it on the front end. The way you do it is you put someone in front of your database with a good process, a good qualifying question, and let them start making dials. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's hugely valuable. And particularly if you're doing any other kind of marketing. Um, and, you know, if you can go over the course of, you know, a, a year or two and really dial in, for lack of a better way to say it, dial in that list that you know you can go back to again and again and again, you, know, you really create for yourself a, a mini market. What I love about that, I mean, a lot of people will do, I'm a big believer in inbound marketing. Believe me, we do a lot of that, but we also do outbound. And the, the reason for that is, is really simple because with inbound marketing, you're, you're generally trying to attract what I would call invisible prospects, invisible potential clients. You don't know who they are. They're going to show up at your website. Um, I mean, it's great when they do. And when they, you know, when, when I get across the table virtually with someone in a sales conversation who's come in that way, they're generally very well qualified and pre-sold and that's great. But there are also really great prospects that I can go and identify that may not find us. They may not stumble upon us you know, and, you know, and find our website and find my books and all that other stuff. So this is just a way to sort of bridge that gap and really be working two sources. And you have the opportunity to combine the two, uh, which I think is pretty powerful and, and something that most people don't do. You know, you've got inbound leads that go to a webinar and then you use your outbound process then to connect with them. I think there's all kinds of possibilities for things like that. Well, I think that's an, uh, sometimes an overlooked point that you've just made, Steve, uh, that is important. A lot of companies that, that really depend on uh, inbound, they generate a lot of leads. Uh, they encourage people to ask for referrals. They encourage people to go and meet people at networking events. Well, what they may not realize is that the phone calls that you make after you get that referral, after you get that lead, after you made that networking contact, that is a little process in and of itself. And if you don't recognize that there is exactly one best way to pursue a referral, there's one best way to pursue a lead, then you'll do it wrong. And most field reps, I would tell you my experience is that they believe a lead that comes in is a slam dunk and a referral is another close to a slam dunk. So they actually mishandle the phone part of it, that initial phone call to pursue that lead, that referral, that networking contact. They do a bad job of that. And then they, that category of their inbound uh, underperforms simply because they've not thought through it. You know, we, we start with cold calling because that's the hardest form of outbound that there is. But that's just because the name is cold. The fact that the name is warm 
does it say you don't need a process to pursue them? So a lot of companies that do have good inbound programs, sometimes they don't pay off like they should because they haven't addressed how they should really make that phone call to do that first follow-up. Yeah, I think that that's so critical. Um, and I, I love the fact that you approach this all as a process because I, in my experience, that's that's the only way you can create any consistency and result is is to boil it down to a, a process and then and then refine that process over time. So um, I know we're we're getting short on time, Bob, and I know you've got a, a resource. I want to make sure that we we share that with everybody. So can you tell them a little bit about uh, the resource that you've got available and um, and where they can go find that? You know, every company needs to, at some point, do a little checkup. And so we have a little document, a little two-pager that goes through the three elements that you really ought to focus on if you're going to do a checkup on the efficiency of your appointment setting program. And the, the three elements are easy to do. And there's in many cases, obviously, it's any checkup. It should be enlightening. And most people that do this tell me it was very enlightening for them to start to view uh, some process elements as related to a checkup of their program. So uh, I'll make that available to you, Steve. You put it in, in the, the materials here for the podcast. And then we'll also have that uh, on our website and uh, at contactscience.com. Perfect. Yeah, we'll link that in the show notes. So uh, folks, uh, look in your podcast player or go to uh, our website uh, and look for this episode and we'll have that linked up. Um, and, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I always learn a lot when, uh, I get the chance to, to listen to you, Bob. So thanks for sharing some of your wisdom and investing a little bit of time with me today. And, uh, folks go check out contactscience.com and, uh, look at what, what Bob has, uh, has really innovated there and, uh, what he and his team have put together. There's likely a good fit for that in your business development process. So Bob, thanks again for being here and uh, I've enjoyed it as always. Thanks for having me. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you and it's end-to-end -end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.